Hello, and welcome to episode 66 of Design Curious Podcast. Today on the episode, I have landscape designer Steve Griggs, and we have a very fun conversation. Before I tell you a little more about him, I want to remind you that now is a great time to sign up for My Design Mentor and get your 2024 started out on the right track. So if you sign up today, you'll get in there. We'll have a conversation. You can set up a coaching call and kind of set out your goals for 2024 before January even gets here. So I'll give you a leg up on that. So if you've been thinking about a career in design, then please reach out to me and sign up for my design mentor. I'd love to have you in there. Let me tell you a little bit more about Steve. Steve Griggs is not your average designer. He's a visionary who transforms ordinary outdoor spaces into extraordinary masterpieces. With decades of experience and a discerning eye for detail, Steve has become New York's premier landscape designer, elevating homes, luxury communities, and urban spaces to new heights. Steve's accolades extend beyond his design prowess. He is two-time recipient of the INC 5000 Award, a testament to a rapid growth and impact in his business. Steve's journey is a testament to his passion and dedication. He started with a wheelbarrow, working tirelessly to build his business from the ground up. Today, he is a go-to expert for landscape design, swimming pools, and outdoor entertaining spaces. One of Steve's remarkable qualities is his approach to design. He doesn't impose cookie-cutter designs. Instead, he collaborates closely with clients to understand their unique vision. His work extends beyond traditional landscapes to reinventing and renovating urban spaces, as well as designing luxury homes and communities. As a best-selling author of Straight Dirt, New York City's premier designer tells it like it is, Steve shares insider secrets on working effectively with landscape designers and contractors. His no-nonsense approach ensures clients to get results that go beyond their expectations. It was such a delight to talk with Steve. I think you're going to enjoy this conversation. So let's speak with Steve. You're now listening to Design Curious, a place where you, creative one, are here to learn about what it really is like to be an interior designer. And I'm your host and mentor, Rebecca Ward. If you're worried about how to succeed in a creative career, if you're ready to learn your next steps to become an interior designer, and if you want the satisfaction of doing something you love every day, you are in the right place. Grab a coffee, a notebook, and let's dig into today's episode. Hi, Steve. Welcome to Design Curious Podcast. It's great to have you here today. Great to be here. Looking forward to this. Yeah. You're the first landscape designer on the podcast, so it's very fun. I think we'll have a great conversation. I'd love to hear how you got into landscape design and what drew you into it. I'm your first landscaper? Yeah. Because it's, it's all kind of like the same, right? So I'm designing the outside. You guys are designing the inside. The principles are all, all the same. So it's still it's the same. It's just one deals with plants, one deals with yeah. floor coverings, right? So it's yeah, the same. Yeah, I get that. Uh, how I got started, basically, it was one of those high school aptitude tests. What do you want to do? What do you like to do? Check the boxes. And it turns out I like being outside, like being creative. And so I went to landscape design school. I was 1985. So I've been at this almost 40 years. Wow. Okay. So, so you know a thing. <laughs> yeah, yeah, for sure. Started, yeah, with a wheelbarrow. So <laughs> yeah. yeah. So yeah, I have a lot of experience in this for sure. So when you got your degree in landscape design, did you start working for a firm right away? Yeah, I got out of school and I 
I went to a small school upstate New York, got my horticulture degree. Then I transferred to Mississippi State where I got my landscape architect degree. And I got out of school. I worked for a high-end custom pool builder. Okay. I learned a lot from him. Learned how to deal with the high-end clients. Mm-hmm. I learned ins and outs of client satisfaction and really how to cater to the client and make the client the hero in the whole in the whole journey. Yeah. So how that started for sure. Yeah. Tell me a little bit more then about do you mainly do luxury clients in the New York area or just all over? What, well, more lately, it's been all over. But I mean, what's your definition of luxury, right? Like it's all kind of relative. Yeah. It's all luxury. Like, mm-hmm. you know, to somebody's home, you're creating their backyard. You better treat it like it's their luxury because they've saved their hard-earned dollars to create their own living space outside. So it's all it's all relative. Mm-hmm. Yeah, being able to hire a landscape architect is a luxury. <laughs> so <laughs> you're already at that level. Yeah. Well, you want to you want to design it. I think everything starts with design. So mm-hmm. whether you're building anything needs to be, it, it all needs to be designed. Whether you're painting a room, it needs to be designed. Mm-hmm. Where do you like to start in the the creative process? I start out with, what do you want the space to feel like? Okay. So that's question number one, and then. What do you want to feel like when you go outside? I get people say, well, I want to feel like I'm in Las Vegas. Okay, then mm-hmm. that's one way. I want to feel like I'm in a country resort. That's another. So once they kind of tell me what they want to feel like when they go into that space, then I know how to design it. Mm-hmm. We don't get into materials. We don't talk about plants. We don't talk about anything. We just want to know what you want the space to feel like. That's definitely the starting point. And you just yeah. ask them a lot of questions. Yeah. Do you work solo or do you have a team that works with you? Um, we have, you know, three project managers, two designers, a uh, client service person that kind of deals with the client. Mm-hmm. And then we have like maybe 15 different trade partners that I will select based on the given project. Some are better okay. at bone work, some are better at planting. So we kind of pick and choose which trade partner would work well with the client as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it's really similar to interior design. <laughs> That's same the whole thing. It's the same thing. We're just plugging in different things. Yeah, but different elements that you're using to put into the design. Really, so you wrote a book as well about how to work with your contractor and, you know, for landscape design, right? So tell us a little bit about that. Yeah, so the name of the book is called Straight Dirt. So myself being from New York, I always find that it, it's always better to be transparent with the client and tell them up front. Don't tell them what they want to hear. Just tell them the truth, mm. right? So you know, I bring that New York attitude with it and whether they like it or not, you're going to hear it straight dirt. So that was kind of the name of the, the book that the I like it. Art, the publishers came up with. Yeah. yeah. So it's it fun. It's, it's, a, it's a good process to write the book and it's a hardcover book and it's good for, you know, it, it raises your credibility for sure. Yeah. Do you give it to your clients or do you recommend that they read it first? <laughs> we usually give it to them yeah. and they kind of. Everybody has it. Who really reads nowadays? Yeah. Right? But, it, <laughs> but it's really mainly a lot of pictures of projects and, and stuff like that, different effects of lighting. And it's more like a nice picture book mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. with some stories sprinkled throughout. Nice. So do you do the lighting design as well, or do you hire that the lighting? No, expert? we do the, the lighting design. We use okay. low-voltage LED lights for the outdoor to create different effects, security. Accent lighting, focal point lighting, and that really sets the tone for the mm-hmm. projects. Sure, proper night lighting is 
I recommend that on every project for sure. Yeah, I've seen firsthand the difference that great lighting outside can make, even for the interiors, because you don't want those windows to just look black at night when you're looking out. You know, you want to be able to look beyond and see the landscaping out there and not feel like you're in a fishbowl. Correct. Correct. Yeah. Yeah, that's great. So how often are you thinking about incorporating native plants and like the local vegetation into your design? So where we live, depending on the area, if it's in, in the city environment, we have to deal with the weight of the tree, the size of the tree, and that kind of stuff. And those, those limiting factors. When we're out into the country, we have to deal with the deer because the deer mm-hmm. eat all the plants. So you have to be very specific on the type of plant material you use. And you always want to make the landscape kind of flow with the environment. Mm-hmm. You want to kind of have it blend in. You really want to make it look like the house was there and the, the landscape was there already. And you just kind of let's position the house in amongst the landscape. And so it looks very natural feeling. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. So it's again, same thing as the interior, right? There's certain things you look for in the interior. I just had to study plants and soil conditions and you had to learn different factors that work in the inside. Correct. Mm-hmm. What about um, exterior kitchen? So you design those as well? Yeah, that's very big right now. Outdoor kitchens, fire pits, motorized pergolas. Basically, we're extending the, how do I phrase this? You're basically, ex- it's an extension of the home. Yeah. You know, COVID, everybody's coming outside now. So mm-hmm. we basically just extended the season. In New York, the seasons are kind of short. So mm-hmm. we try to come up with ideas that can extend the season. You know, the swimming pools are only a couple of months. So we do the fire pits and the pergolas and the outdoor kitchen so they can extend the outdoor living space season. Okay. Yeah. It's an extension of their home, really. Yeah. Are there challenges that come with an outdoor kitchen, you think, that are different from an indoor kitchen? I don't really know about an indoor kitchen, right? I don't really cook. <laughs> yeah. So do you usually plan them with like coverings overhead or are they like, because you have to waterproof, you know, in the area. So is that like... It depends. Sometimes, you know, if the budget allows it, it's nice to have a covered structure over so you can use it in the rain. Mm-hmm. You still have your stove and you have your, which is a grill, and then you have your refrigerator, which is the, you know, you have the refrigerator and then you have some drawers and then you have a sink. So it's basically the same as an indoor kitchen, but it's outside. Mm-hmm. And it has to function the same, right? If it's a, it's a bar, you want to make sure that kitchen, the stove is accessible to the sink and the refrigerator. So it's all kind of laid out in this similar yeah. fashion. You design an interior kitchen. Yeah. Yeah. Dishwashers and everything. If you want. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, it's anything you want. Nowadays, you can put anything you want on it. Yeah, that's great. Yeah, and TVs, you know. I love the TVs outside. People like to watch the football games outside. So you're basically living outside. Yeah, which is great. I mean, especially for us here in California, <laughs> we can be outside most of the winter even. So. Yeah, most of the, yeah, I kind of like that weather out there. I was out there in like early March where there's still snow on the ground in New York and everybody's, it's early, the season doesn't end out there. Yeah, yeah, it's great. So swimming pools and waterfalls, I think are usually a big feature for landscape design. Do you try to incorporate water elements every time, even if they're not getting a pool? Absolutely. I always like to incorporate water and fire, right? Okay. So, and that creates a focal point, whether it's just a fire pit with some Adirondack chairs around it, that's a destination, right? So mm-hmm. It's a focal point. The water can be as simple as a plug-in pot that gurgles over. You just want to get that little sound of the water. It's very soothing. Mm-hmm. 
yeah, that's you can create water with, like I said, a plug-in from Amazon. Yeah, yeah. And if the property had enough space, would you also then be designing maybe some sport areas, like I don't know, tennis courts or bocce ball courts? Or we've like done that? like the big thing is like the mini basketball courts where they okay. double up in the small tennis court or pickleball court, basketball, mm-hmm. volleyball. So they're multi-sport. So you can use them pretty much for anything. Put a nice mm-hmm. big fence on it, put some lights on it. So it's basically, again, it's your own backyard basketball sport court. Yeah. Do you have a signature design element that you bring to every project? Or is it more suited to what the client wants? Or is it like every project I always have a palm tree or, you know, something like that, that people know like, oh, Steve designed this place. <laughs> Good question. So... We call that a personal touch. Yeah. I don't know what it's going to be. (laughs) It it could be a diving rock, right? A special Mm. rock that I found on some quarry that would work well in this position. It could be we're digging rocks and we find a big flat rock and we say, hey, put that to the side. Let's make a nice stone bench at it. Try to take some element throughout the process that usually doesn't come on paper. It's usually when we're on site or we're seeing the project. Mm Mm-hmm. Something we'd come up with something. I don't know, whatever that something is. Yeah. I don't know, a special tree or something to kind of tie it all in. Yeah. Some little spark of ingenuity as the, the yeah, not project just a, is in motion. Exactly. So it's yeah. not just plain vanilla. Could be simple as a, a nice shaped rock with mm-hmm. a light with a nice focal point light on it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So like every project that we do for interior design, I always warn the client that something will go wrong in the process, you know, like you can't, it's like putting on a wedding, you know, like there's going to be something that's not perfect. Do you find the same thing for exterior landscape design? And like, how do you prep your clients for that? It never goes wrong. (laughs) It it could be delays. It could be a wall falling down. It could be delaying materials, drainage issues. The key is though, before the projects even start, you know, you build up enough trust where, hey, I have your back. If something goes wrong, I'm here. We had a, a project a couple, two summers ago where the eight-foot wall fell down. Oh, Flooded wow. his pool, mud in the house, the whole bit. And I assured the client that I got your back. You just may want to stay away for a couple of days so we get it cleaned up. And, you know, once they have that trust in you that, you know, that I got you, I'm going to get this done no matter what. And mm-hmm. I think that's the key that they you set forth at the beginning and then you know that you have them covered. Mm-hmm. That's very important. Yeah, that you're guiding them through that process and they can trust you for that. Is that one of the most challenging projects or have you had other? That's just one that was, that one that was just recently. Yeah. I, you know, and then during COVID, the delays in the material. Yeah. And, you know, and then when you get like three days of rain, you're going to get a phone call possibly that, hey, I got water in my basement. I didn't have water before, but now I have water. So mm. it's an issue or drainage issue. You just want to be able to be transparent. Don't point the finger and just assume all responsibility. And I think once you convey that, like if they think they it builds that trust mm-hmm. and they know they're the guy that they hired, the right guy for the job. That's been mm-hmm paramount in extending this career for this long. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So 
Here in California, we often have water issues. And so we're looking for water resistant and drought resistant plants and landscaping. I noticed a lot of places will have artificial grass. What's your opinion on that? I think it's a mixed bag. So it's very big out in California. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) They all seem to be gravitating towards the patio stone with the turf in between it. Mm -hmm. They all show me those pictures on Pinterest or Instagram. It seems to be the fad right now. It's very contemporary. It's very clean looking. There's no maintenance to it. It does get hot though. I bet it's hot. Yeah, um, I didn't think about that until someone's like, "Yeah, watch your pets going on." I, I couldn't believe it. Like yeah. it gets really hot, much hotter than regular turf. But there's no maintenance, and it is—it's expensive. It's definitely much more expensive than regular grass. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's an artificial product too, and it's not. So I don't know whether it's better for the environment or <laughs> or not because you know it's artificial. It's not really seeing any oxygen, you know, all that stuff, but. And you're saving water, so I don't know. Like it's you're saving water, but then again, when it's live its expectancy, you tear it up and you throw it to the landfill. So I don't know. Yeah, and also I heard that you know because a lot of pet owners like it for their dogs. I feel because it's easy to clean up, but then I've also heard that it can get kind of gross after a while (laughs) if you're not maintaining it properly. I think they have. I think they actually have pet turf that yeah has some sort of, i just can't imagine where it goes when it goes down close <laughs> <laughs> yeah so th- they don't ask for a lot of that out in new york i guess unless you're in the city they yeah put a little bit up on the rooftop but mm. no i'm out in the country i'm about 30 miles north of new york city so mm-hmm. it's more um suburban with a lots are much bigger mm-hmm. could be half acre could be one acre could be five acres depending how far away you get from the city mm-hmm. Nice. So have you done a lot of rooftop gardens then? I briefly designed, worked with an architect who was designing one and I had to draw some section cuts for the rooftop drainage and stuff. And it was really complicated. I just had a lot of respect for that system. It's very complicated because you have to deal with the engineering of the building, right? Mm -hmm. You have to do engineer, you have to calculate the weight of the soil. You know, the roofs are, you know, you can only withstand so much weight. You have to calculate the snow load, the wind load, you know, the weight of mm-hmm. it. How's the water rain? Like it's much more complicated. And just getting in New York City, the buildings are tall. How do you get the material up to the roof? Yeah. Typically, it goes through the lobby, through the elevator, up to the elevator, and out the door. Unless it's a, a, constru- a building that's under construction, they have a hoist outside the building where you can okay. just put it inside the elevator. Sometimes you have to crane it up. Definitely much more challenging than working. Yeah. The- and you have to deal with the parking tickets also. <laughs> yeah, you have to factor that into your piece. <laughs> New York City, New York City, definitely. Oh man, do you like working in the city, or do you prefer that? I prefer the suburb. Just suburb, yeah. Yeah, because I, mean, I live out here, but it, it's fine. Where, wherever, wherever yeah. the job is, yeah. just adapt, right? Mm-hmm. Where do you see the direction? Going for landscape design, like future technology. Are you using AI to develop some plans for your clients or anything like that? I've, I've toyed with the AI a little bit. I, I still think it takes a personal touch away a little bit. I still draw. I mean, I'm 63. There was never CAD. There was never 3D rendering. So I like to hand sketch it out first. Mm-hmm. I just better feeling with the paper and all that. Mm-hmm. And then we have, you know, then we convert that to the 
construction drawings with the CAD, and then we give it to our 3D renderers, and they always create the 3D rendering because mm-hmm. they have products now like Lumion and Rivet that make it very high end, very realistic. I mm-hmm. find that they really appreciate that because they can. Most of them cannot tell from a 2D drawing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's it. Yeah. Often clients are like, I don't understand the scale. I don't understand it all. <laughs> like, you know, it's talking Chinese. They don't understand it. No. They see it. Yeah. Much better. It's yeah. It's been a huge help for sure. But it takes a lot of time to do those, right? Everybody's like, you it just does. bang at those renderings in, in a couple hours. But I take 10, 12, 20 hours to do a really proper drawing. Yeah. Proper rendering. Yeah. And then some clients don't want to pay for that expense. So, yeah. It's all relative, right? It's, you not want to pay for that, the design, or, or would you rather take a chance? I bring it here and you don't like it. Yeah. So <laughs> then you're stuck with it. <laughs> you're gonna, like It's like a swimming pool. If I put the, the hole in the wrong spot mm-hmm. and you can't just, it's not like moving a couch from one wall to the next. Mm-hmm. You so can't. It's a, much thousands of dollars to change that location of that pool. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So I think it's, you know, when you do the graphical representation up front, they all can see exactly what everybody's doing and everybody, it just helps the process go from the client to the contractors. And it just makes the process that much more easy when everybody's on the same page with the design. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it seems like a lot of parallels from landscape design to interior design and in interior design industry, it seems like it's getting better, but people are all over the place with how they're structuring their business and charging their fees. Do you find that the same with landscape designers? Same thing. It's the same. It's, they don't want to pay. They, they don't want to, they don't see the value in the design of a piece of paper to spend thousands of dollars on a piece of paper. It's struggle. Yeah. Sometimes we credit them back to design. Sometimes we don't. It's definitely, and everybody's all over the map, right? So you Mm -hmm. can get a, a design on shrub hub for 200 bucks mm-hmm. and i'm way more than that right but the yeah. difference is like like i was a client in sacramento he wanted me to do it over zoom i said i can't yeah and he couldn't understand why i couldn't do it through zoom i said i need to really walk the space and feel the space and meet your family and get the touch so we came to an agreement and we flew out there and it was a much better process yeah you get a much better design yes yeah it's worth it you, you can't design through zoom I'm no. sorry. Yeah, it's like picking a paint color. I mean, I can't tell what the lighting's like in your yeah. in your Zoom right there. So yeah, it's like you know, oh, show me the. And then they go onto the website and the design, the the patio looks different than you actually bring the sample, and most of the time they can't tell anyway. Mm-hmm. So physical samples are always the best way to go. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. So say someone in my audience is, you know, they're thinking about doing a career in interior design, but maybe after talking with you, they're interested in going to landscape design. If they've started, you know, taking some classes in interiors, but want to pivot to landscape, do you think that's an option for them? Is there anything that crosses over or what kind of path would they, would you recommend? The design elements are all the same, right? Mm -hmm. You have certain principles of design, whatever that is, the principles of design. It's the same thing as the outside, as I said before. It's the same thing. You just got to learn more about plants and the soils and stuff like that. But I think an interior design with a that can do both is, mm-hmm. is golden. Like, you know, people want one-stop shopping. Like, why yeah. would I mind? hire an interior designer? I got to hire an exterior designer. If you can do both inside and out, 
you just wrote your own paycheck. Yeah. People often ask me if I, I do. And I'll say, well, well, we can furnish the exterior. We could design maybe the exterior kitchen, but like plants, I don't know. So it's, it's just the plant material. Yeah. Right? <laughs> so like in a room, you talk about probably framing a doorway, right? For mm-hmm. instance, is that an interior design thing? Yeah. Same so you can thing. can frame okay. out the door. Yeah. So, so when on the outside, I want to frame out the house. So I'll mm-hmm. put two taller trees on the corners of the house. The idea is to draw your eye towards the front door, make mm-hmm. the entry more inviting. Same thing as the interior, right? Mm-hmm. Okay. Exactly. Okay. Yeah. Just thinking Don't about be afraid. it. You can do it. I know you do can it. do it. Okay. <laughs> you can do it. Say, if somebody asks you, you say, absolutely. Yeah. Oh, we have dabbled a little bit and done like some, you know, pavement design and things like that. But yeah, I suppose if I had the right perspective and I, I could do it. Yeah. I know okay. you can. So, <laughs> so we need like to expand time. our offerings through landscape design. <laughs> Basically, people want like turnkey. Yeah. If I came to you and said, hey, I have a brand new house. I need an interior designer and an exterior designer. Just, just you can can it. And then you can yeah. always lean on other people. The professionals right. And then they're dealing with one person, not three different people. That's mm-hmm. been huge. Like, People are busy now. They don't have time to be dealing with eight, nine different people. You know, mm-hmm. they want a person that they can count on, that they can call if there's an issue, a problem. You're the guy. You're the guide. You're the hero for their project. Yeah. Yeah. hundred percent. That's great, Steve. Well, what other advice would you have for someone starting out in a design career? Okay. Now we're going to have the big talk. The big talk is the money talk. Okay. It's a business. So I followed my passion for 40 years. Mm-hmm. They always say, follow your passion, the money will come. False. Yeah. It's false. It's You got to treat it like a business. You're in a business. You have to make money, yes. period. And don't feel bad about charging them. Everybody's, you know, that's a big thing with creatives. They're afraid to charge. Or, you know, you have to get over that. You have to treat this as a business first. Yes. You know, you didn't. I didn't learn that in college. I didn't learn that from landscape school. Me I learned either. that the hard way. Like it was like, you know, designing, but they didn't teach you the money part of it. Change orders and payments and delays and like very important part of the business. You can mm-hmm. design all you want, mm-hmm. but if you don't make money. You're not going to be in the design business very long. Mm-hmm. It's not a fun part of the business. I still don't like it. I yeah. can't stand it. Money and collecting and, you know, but it's very important. Yeah. It facilitates you being able to do what you love and make a living, great living at it. You know, so it's very important part of it. Unless you just want to do it for a hobby. Right. So it's, you know, Hey, I have a cool job. You have a cool job. I get to design cool shit for people and I get to spend your money. That's really what I do. Yeah. I spend your money. I create cool stuff and you're paying for me. So it's a pretty good gig, the design world. Yeah. But it's a lot of hard work too. A lot of details and, you know, and so you should be paid for that. Do you, when you do a design, do you also do the implementation? Like, yes. Yeah. That's an interesting conversation because we do that as well. Mm -hmm. The design is the easy part. Mm -hmm. Um, It's the easy part. Yeah. Cause he could just design it and hand it off and be like, good luck. (laughs) Like, hope it works out. People don't, you're kind of leaving leaving them high and dry like yeah. okay so now you're going to turn this design over to a, a homeowner and they're clueless on it they need to be guided the whole way yeah because when you're dealing with contractors and suppliers and vendors and oh man that's a whole nother business in the interior design so you have the design portion mm-hmm. of it then you have the implementation of it, the execution mm-hmm. 
time. Totally two different things. Yes. And very important part of it to like make sure yeah, well, that design very, comes to could, life. It could be very financially rewarding. Yes. Right? Yeah. You know, the higher risk, higher reward. You got to get insurance and you have to make sure, you know, everybody's covered in insurance and the job goes right. That's another part of the business that is very important. But I find people sometimes it's very hard to make a living just designing. Yeah. You know, charge $5,000 of design. How many designs do you have to do in a year to make it worth your while? Yeah. You do a $300,000 backyard, you can make more money, but you have more risk and it takes a lot longer, right? Mm-hmm. We try to sprinkle in some design work. We try to do a little bit of both because it kind of helps out through the winter months. Okay. When, when you can't really do much, you try to design projects for the following year. Okay. And you got to raise your margin. You, you have to charge according. You have to make a living. Yeah. Like the starving artist, right? My brother's in the music business. Come on. He's starving. Like it's, you know, you write music, you do it, but that's a hard business. You, he never learned the business side. Yeah. It you is know, a more, business. Yeah. It's a business. You got to treat it like a business. Marketing, mm-hmm. sales, it's the whole thing. It's very important, especially the creative people, right? They all want to just do their thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they think that learning how to do the business is going to cramp their style. <laughs> I'm sorry, but after many, many, it, it's very important. Yeah. You can hire more people. You can expand your staff. You can get yeah. newer Delegate. computer software. You, know, mm-hmm. you, can, you can raise the elevation of the experience for the client. You need money to do that. Yes. Yeah. So that's what you're, is that what you're, you, you help interior designers get into the interior design business? Is that what you mm-hmm. do? Yeah, my mentorship program. Yeah, that's about that. So just helping them understand that the business side is really important, whether they're starting their own business or even working for someone else, because most design firms are smaller and they're going to have their hands on experience for doing the business part of it as well. So I don't think there's enough people that do what you do is teach them the business part of the design business. Yeah, because they don't teach it in school. You could sit and talk about. We could sit and talk about colors, the stuff, the the wood on your back, and the yeah. uh, behind you, and the guitars, and all that. But that's just all part of the design process. Yeah. It's more the business side of it. Yeah, it's more important than the design part. Yeah, because it's what keeps the roof over your head, like <laughs> pays the bills, keeps, and helps you go on vacation too. So it helps you do better. And helps you do better designs. Yes. Yeah. Exactly. So you get yeah. it. <laughs> Of course I get it. But a lot of people don't get it. Yeah. That's why it's good that you do what you do to help yeah. people get into the design business. Mm-hmm. Do you Teach. do any mentoring for landscape designers? Just if somebody has a question or mm-hmm. I'm not. Not officially, but like, yeah. You'll, I mean, it could, be a good, out. it could be, a, you know, I don't, I don't think I give myself enough credit, right? With 40 years experience doing this. Hey, maybe. Maybe I could help a lot of people save the mistakes and the heartache that I went through. For sure. You know, for sure. Like, yeah. Pay man, it forward. <laughs> million, m- millions of dollars probably lost. Oh, millions. I know. I know. know. Yeah. Don't yes. forget, I've been doing this before the internet, before social media. So there was no, there was none of this back then. Yeah. There was not the sharing of information like we have now which is great i mean it just helps people starting now have such the advantage they can jump right into it with all this knowledge that we had to learn the hard way (laughs) so if they can get if somebody can jump on and get into your mentorship program right you can take the highway 
Mm-hmm. You don't take the country over. You can streamline the process. If it took 40 years to get where I am, they can do it in five or whatever, yeah. right? So it's basically much faster. So it is, yeah. Kudos to what you're doing to the design industry. Well, thank you. Thanks. Well, maybe think about, you know, landscapers need it too. So <laughs> you could start a mentorship. Sure. It's <laughs> squeezing in amongst everything sure. else. Yeah, you're so busy. You know. That's good. It's a good business. It, it, you love what you do, obviously. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, every job is different. Every challenge is different. Some days are, you know, why am I in this business? Right? It's like, yeah. oh, my God, that would be another. But I learned to believe that nothing is easy. Yeah. I don't care what you're Right? Every job, position, career has its own set of issues. Yes. Yeah. It's worth it to be able to do what you love. So. Yeah. Yeah. That's, you know, that's the main thing. Of course, you want to, you know, no sense going to work and be miserable. Mm-hmm. Don't go to work and be miserable and make no money. That's even worse. Yeah. At least if you're going to work and you're happy and you're making some money, it makes it all that worthwhile. Yeah. Oh, well, Steve. Well, thank you so much for sharing all of your wisdom and knowledge today. It's so fun hearing about landscape design and understanding how similar it is to interior design and that you know, maybe need to expand my <laughs> offerings now. So <laughs> just think the same way. Yeah. Flooring, walls, ceiling. It's just instead of a wall, it's a row of trees, right? Mm-hmm. Instead of a ceiling, it's a canopy tree, mm-hmm. right? Instead of carpet, it's turf. Mm-hmm. Right? Instead of a couch, it's a bench. It's the same, it's the same stuff. Yeah. In theory. Yeah. That's great. Where can people go to see your work that you've done? You can go to Instagram at Steve Griggs Design. You can go to stevegriggsdesign.com. You know, the okay. usual yeah. typical that I'm learning how to do the social media gig. Because <laughs> that was all new, but it's very important, right? Yeah. Everybody's on it. Everybody's on it. Yeah. You know, for, for interior designers, get on it. Like, mm-hmm. if you're just starting out, you just want to get into start your Instagram, get that going. You need sales. You need mm-hmm. people. You need people to see you to hire you. Yeah. You know, Exposure, you can't be yeah. that the artist that sits inside and plays guitar all day that, that nobody hears his music. Mm-hmm. You have a, a gift of the interior design. You need to get it out there and show people what you can do. Even if you yeah. have to give it away for free. At first, maybe you may have to give it away. But if you have a knack for it and people see it, that's how you build your reputation. Yeah. And it's all referral. I mean- my business is referral. How about yours? Same pretty much, right? Yeah, we get a lot of referrals. We also get a lot of just internet traffic, though. People looking for designers in our area. Yeah. It's all part of it, right? Just do one one platform. I think you got you to gotta hit them all. Yeah, a lot of irons in that fire. It's a lot of work. <laughs> yeah. It's a lot of work. It's a ton of work doing that yeah. whole social media stuff. Yeah. Yeah, so you have to have the mindset of like, okay, I'm going after this. And what do I need to do to get exposure to my work and so you just kind of had to have a can-do attitude of really like getting yourself off the ground i think yeah yeah you have to be persistent don't Mm -hmm. take no you know the typical stuff you hear in business stuff like you know i think one of the things is the most important is like do what you say you're going to do when you're going to say you're going to do it like Mm. just if you're going to deliver that project on friday make sure it's there on friday Mm -hmm. nobody hear your excuses they don't yeah yeah, integrity in business is so important. Yeah. yeah. California's the same way. Like, it's like New York. It's a city. People, <laughs> are, you know, everybody's in a rush. They want it yesterday, right? Yeah. 
So no, it's it's good. I, I this has been a lot of fun. Yeah. I guess what it's all about is making relationships in the in the field and just you know, hey, if you ever have a landscape question, you can hit me up. No problem. Well, thank you, Steve. Yeah. And that's one of the things I've been loving about having this podcast is I've made so many connections with all kinds of industries. And it's just great to talk to people I wouldn't have normally talked to. So now I know you. Yeah. It's just a whole different world right now. There's no excuse for anybody not to be able to learn anything, Mm -hmm. do anything, like jump on your podcast, learn from you, get your mentorship program. Like it's all right there. Yeah. You just have to put the work in. Yeah, hundred percent. Great. So, all right. Well, thank you, Steve. So good talking with you. You got it. Have fun. Thanks, Thanks again. Bye. Bye. So I really enjoyed that conversation with Steve. He's so approachable and seems so willing to help that I think that he could be a great mentor, anyone looking to learn a little bit more for landscape design, and that might include myself. So I'm sure I'll be reaching out to him in the future now that we've made this connection. So if you like what you're hearing on the podcast, please leave me a rating and review. I love to hear what your favorite episodes are, what you like about the podcast, and you can reach out to me on Instagram. Send me a direct message, and I'd love to hear from you. Don't forget, I have some free downloads for you in the show notes. So just scroll down and click those links, and you'll get those free downloads for you to get started on the career the right way. Next week, I'll have another great episode. And until then, stay creative. Thanks for listening. If you love this episode, please leave a rating and a review. This helps me reach other curious creatives like you. If you have a topic request or would like to contact me, simply head over to my website, rwarddesign.com, or email me at podcast at rwarddesign.com.